Hello, and what is up, everybody? It's me, Marty the Meat Man, here, your host of Cross Court Coverage, your all NBA Celtics focused podcast, proudly brought to you by the Primetime Productions. Primetime Productions at Primetime Prods on Twitter, on X, on whatever you want to call it. Uh, also on Instagram, Facebook, uh, probably every other social media. I think we have a TikTok, but uh, Primetime Prods, you can find this podcast, plenty of Bruins podcasts, hockey podcasts football podcast there is a podcast for nearly anything and everything that you could want a podcast on in this sports world um over at primetimeproductions.net uh so shout out to mama bear big umbrella core looking over my looking over me gardening over me um <clears throat> let's see we are literally halfway through this nba season uh this whole thing started in the dog days of the summer where we couldn't even sniff the nba season now i'm recording and we are literally halfway through it um it is crazy how fast this season has been going it has been electric so far uh, i will definitely get into the all of the like half season talk half season mid-season talk that we need to get into uh but first as always we want to get it out of the way we talk about injuries uh big injuries in the nba right now first and foremost desmond bain out for around six weeks with an ankle injury the grizzlies cannot catch a break my god i don't know what's in the water i don't know what's up with the physical trainers i don't know what is happening but something's going wrong in memphis where everybody is getting hurt and it's all different injuries marcus with a finger uh jaw with a shoulder uh now desmond with an ankle uh was marcus with an ankle before stephen adams is out we talked about it last week we've talked about it almost all season that their injuries are piling up and keep seem to keep seeming to overlap um and it's it, it is pack it up Memphis, like if there was an option to just be like, hey, we forego the rest of the season, that's what you should do. I know there's not, but it's sad to see, especially for such a talented roster, uh, really bitten by the injury bug, screwed over by the bullshit uh, suspension for 25 games of John Morant. But even when he returns, he still ends up, you know, missing more games because he gets hurt. It all around unfortunate, all around shitty situation. Nothing you can do about it, really, uh, if you're management or the coach over in Memphis. But Jesus, like, I, I, I would be defeated as the coach or the GM over there. Like, what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> What's the solution here? I don't even know if they have a healthy guy to, you know, um, start. I saw the. Uh, the classic meme from uh, 2K, and it was like the starting lineup for the Grizzlies, and it was all like the generic uh, bench scrub players, and they're all like the same exact carbon copy clone, all wearing like 97, 96, 98, like stuff like that. Um, and that's what it looks like over there. So hope they can figure out something. Hope they can, you know, at least get poised to get some capital in the draft. Um, I I don't know. I don't know how you move forward as a Grizzlies. I'm glad I'm not a Grizzlies fan. Um, this is, you know, 
uh, karma for the Grizzlies admin for coming at me in the early season or preseason. Um, that's the only person that I wish negative on. Uh, that's the only person that I'm going to put this on is the Grizzlies Twitter admin. Uh, this season is your fault, bud. Uh, so why don't you, uh, uh, what is it? Keep pushing on is what he said to me. Keep pushing on, Grizzlies admin. You fucking dick. <clears throat> um, next injury on the list, Ivan Zubak, uh, center for the Clippers, out for four weeks with a calf injury. Uh, Clippers are rolling right now. I know they got Tice to um, plug in for one of their injuries. I don't believe it was Zubak before. I think they had the... Um, why do I want to say Plumley? I think Plumley is one of their guys that got hurt. Yeah, Mason Plumley earlier in the season got hurt. They picked up Daniel Tice. Um, Daniel Tice is still there. They still have PJ Tucker, who they can use as a center if they need to. So, like, Zubak being hurt, yeah, definitely important. Definitely uh, critical to... Excuse me. Had to burp. Uh, definitely critical to their game, but... I think they can continue without him for a little bit. Um, he's only going to be out for like four weeks, so hopefully he comes back, you know, strong and healthy. Um, and I, you know, Larry just fed me the info. Mason Plumley is back. So, uh, as as it is a bad injury, it is not a good injury. You lose your starting center. They have the pieces to kind of plug and play and figure it out from there. So, um, you know, I don't think the Clippers, as much as I would like them to struggle, are going to struggle. Uh, it's fuck LA on this podcast. If you didn't know, we've known this for many, 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 many weeks. And if you know me outside of the podcast, you know, it's a life, it's a lifestyle and it's not just the Lakers. It's the Clippers. It's the Kings. It's the Chargers Rams. It is fuck LA till we die. And that's how, that's how ride or die I am for this Boston sports team. LA ain't got nothing on us. Um, and then, final injury of note, another another shitty situation. Uh, Zach Levine hurt his uh, ankle again, I believe, with a probability of being out for one to two weeks. Um, this dude, this doesn't stay healthy. This is a situation where um, the team's not great, and he seems to just keep getting hurt. Um, they can't get out of their own way. I, it's, it's, it's not as bad as the Grizzlies situation, but it's getting there. You know, you're floating at the nine seed. You are a play in team, but something's got to break. You have an older core and Lonzo's out for this season. Um, I, I don't know. I, if I'm the bulls, I, I make a trade. I mean, I know the trade deadline's coming up. I make a trade. I do something to shake up this roster, get something going, change it up a little bit. Because this core of DeRozan, uh, Levine, Drummond, Caruso, like it is, it's it's winning some games, but it's it's not doing anything crazy. Um, I, I don't know who they look for. Do you look at a, a Dejounte Murray? Do you look at? Um, God, that's like the only player I can think that might help their team. <laughs> uh, I can't think of really much else that's out there on the trade market that they can get that would really help them. I know that uh, Drummond and Caruso have been tied to the Celtics a lot this season, um, but that's also you know people who aren't looking necessarily at our cap space and realizing that trading 
like four bench guys and a bag of peanuts isn't going to get you both Caruso and or Drummond. Um, but whatever, you all can live in your fantasy lands. I would love to, you know, if I could just pick people off teams and make a roster, I would do that. It would have most of the guys that we already have, but, you know, our bench would be a little more solid. Um, but there is cap space, and we do have to worry about that. And because of that, uh, we don't necessarily fit greatly into the trade plans for the Bulls. Um, but I do have to talk about two trades. One very lackluster, and one, let's call it a little spicy. A little spicy. And if you if you know who it is, you already know why I'm calling it spicy. Um, but the first trade, the shit can Pistons traded with the shit can Washington Wizards, uh, both at 15 and 14 in the East, respectively. Uh, this was a cash transaction. This was money under the table. This was getting trade exceptions and um, some second round picks. But the Wizards have traded Danilo Gallagnani and Mike Muscala. Uh, from, I mean, they got both those guys in the trade with the Celtics earlier this year, but whatever. Trade them to the Pistons and in return get Marvin Bagley and Isaiah Livers and two second-round conditional picks. Wow. Nothing happened there. Um, I believe Bagley's on a two-year deal. Everyone else is on an expiring contract. Uh, the Pistons receive a TPE for this. The Wizards receive a TPE for this. They are just setting up for later trades either in the next week or so or further down the line in the offseason. But they're, you know, swap some guys, get some trade exceptions, set yourself up for a couple moves later down the road. But these players aren't going to do anything. They're not going to be game breakers or change anything for your team. I think they know that. Um, I think it's really just a... A money transaction, a moving of of uh, values and getting exceptions and everything like that. It was a strategic move, not a not a game move. Uh, doesn't really change the way your team's going to ball. I promise you, having Mike Muscala and Danilo Gallinari in the year of twenty twenty four ain't ain't breaking ain't breaking anything open for you. Um, but the spiciness. The spicy pea, the Pascal Siakam trade. Now that that changes some things. Um, in this trade, Indiana will receive Pascal Siakam and a second round pick. I believe the second round pick actually comes from the Pelicans, um, who are only involved in this trade to give Kyra Lewis Jr. Uh, to Toronto and gain cast considerations. Um, so that's the Pelicans involvement in it. The Pacers will get Pascal Siakam in a second round pick and Toronto will walk away with two 2024 first round picks, one 2026 first round pick, Bruce Brown, Jr., Jordan Noara and Kyra Lewis, Jr. Um, it's rebuild time in Toronto as clear as day. Like I, if it wasn't apparent when they moved, uh, Ah, hell, who'd they move earlier? <laughs> OG and Anobi. Uh, when they moved OG and they got 
RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly, and they were instantly in talks for Siakam trades. It was clear. They are in rebuild. They are figuring it out. They are looking at what they have in RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly. And everyone else seems to be on the chopping block right now. Um, yeah, I I don't know how else to, to, to frame that for Toronto. Uh, they got, you know, three first round picks. Great haul for them. Bruce Brown Jr., who's good, but on an awful contract. Uh, he got one of those, I got a ring, now pay me kind of contracts from Indiana. Um, and good for Indy to get out of this contract and kind of shove it over to a team that, uh, you know, can stomach that kind of cap hit. But my God, like, what is he on a two year, $45 million contract for Bruce Brown Jr.? What are we doing here, NBA? Like, sometimes it's just because someone's got a ring, someone's got some jewelry on. You got to go, like, oh, look at me um, and pay him. But, you know, that's not exactly how that works. Whatever. Um, Siakam on the Pacers is an interesting move because that gives them, let's see, Miles Turner at the five, Pascal at the four, uh, Naismith or Matherin at the three, or Buddy Heald at the three. One of those three guys there. Um Tyrese Halberton at the one and probably one of those other three guys that I just listed playing at the two. Um, but they're pretty stacked. I mean, are they, are they a contender now? I won't say that this puts them over the edge. I won't say that this makes them better than, um, you know, some super teams, some Boston's some, I don't know. They've beaten the books. They have beaten the books and they've beaten us. Um, that was all before Spicy P. I don't know. I think it's a good move. I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, why would they do this? It's not that. But like, okay, first off, they have so much cap space. And if they can extend Pascal Siakam past this year, because he, he is a free agent at the end of the year, um, but you gave up three first round picks, you have to do everything in your power to make sure that you keep this guy on retainer. You keep him on the roster. Um, but. That being said, if they can keep him and they keep developing and they have all these young guys, uh, you know, as their core and everything, I I love the move. Like, I am not a Pacers uh, sympathizer, but everyone on their team's young. You got Tyrese, you got Obi Toppin, Benedict Matherin. I mean, Buddy Heald's older. Yeah. Uh, Miles Turner, a little older. Yeah. Jalen Smith middle of his playing career, whatever. Um, Neesmith, young. Uh, Nembhard, young. I don't know who Isaiah Wong is, but his picture is literally from Miami University, so has to be young. Um, they got a young team. They have young core. Uh, you grab a veteran who's been to the finals, won the finals with Kawhi. Um Pacers, they win. Like in, in this situation, I get what the, the 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 Raptors are doing. I get that at some point you have to move on. You have to start building anew. Uh, you have to refresh, and that's fine. And I think in that sense, in the sense of all right, let's rebuild. Let's figure out what's going on. Let's figure out what we can get here. What we can build here. Toronto did fine. I'm not saying that Toronto lost this straight out right. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but for the here and the now for the championship contention 
for the I want to raise the Larry O'Brien or hang a banner. Pacers made a good move. Does it play out this year? I don't know. But if they can extend Pascal Siakam to two, three years, I could see within those two, three years, Indy really knocking at the door of uh, taking home the big one. Um, I'm sure, you know, Indy fans are stoked about this. Pascal Siakam's a great player, great four. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's really all I have to say about it. I think they've only played together last night, uh, Friday night. Um, And I'm not going to look up the stats. It's the first game of them playing together. Even if they went ballistic, all of it has to come back down to earth or all of it has more room to grow. So we'll leave it at that. We'll talk about it maybe next week when we have a little bit bigger of a sample size of what it looks like with Tyrese and Turner and uh, Siakam and all the boys playing together. We'll see. We'll see. But I do think it'll work. Um, Shout out to Kennedy from uh, BTP's Indie Bleeds Blue. He's been talking to me on and off throughout the whole process of this trade happening. Um, And I'm happy for him. I know he wanted uh, to see Siakam. He needs to see the extension. But, you know, for an Indie fan, happy for you, bud. Uh, As someone in the East... Another team in the East that already beat us once or twice got a little stronger. So I'm not ecstatic about it, but I totally respect the move. I think it's a great basketball um, GMing job by the guy over in Indiana. The guy over in Indiana. I don't know. I don't know who their GM is. We could, Larry, pull that up. GM of Indiana, not Colts. We already know who that is. Um, Pacers. Bum, 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 bum. Chad Buchanan. Thanks, Chad. Uh, well, I'm saying that for the indie fans, not for myself, but I'm sure they're thinking Chad Buchanan. Um, but yeah, so those were two trades that have happened. Um, the trade deadline is, I believe, February 4th. So we have, we should keep our eyes peeled. And that's all I'm really going to say is we should keep our eyes peeled. Something something bigger might be coming down the pipe. Celtics are sitting on 7,000 second-round picks. Uh, the Lakers always seem to make a move at the deadline. The Bulls are treading water. The Hawks are treading water. Uh, the, the Grizzlies are struggling. Like There's a lot of situations here that stink of a trade happening. Um, I don't buy into a lot of rumors or anything like that. So I'll hold my tongue and not try and, you know, prophesize of who's going where or what's going to happen. But there are definitely trades to come in the next week or two. <clears throat> um, I think we talked about it last week, but just to mention it again, Draymond Green has returned to the game of basketball he served a 16-game suspension and returned on Monday uh, for the MLK Day games. Uh, welcome back, Draymond, you silly, silly bitch. Uh, <laughs> I Do I mind that Draymond's back in the game? No. Do I think he's a good guy? Probably not. Do I think that he's entertainment? Hell yeah. Do I think that that's why the league doesn't want to suspend him indefinitely, truly? Hell yeah. 
do I think that he was going to retire while he was on his indefinite suspension? No, I don't. Um, do I think he should have been suspended? Yes. Do I think he should have been suspended for this long? Yeah. Did I think the NBA would have suspended him this long? No. I thought it was going to be eight day- games. I said that before. Um, I'm actually surprised they served the full 16 games. Um, but uh, it is what it is. Draymond Green is going to stay in the game. He's not going anywhere. Um, he was never going to retire, even though that's the claim that he decided to make. Um I don't believe that Adam Silver talked him back into staying into the league. I think that this is just more fun and games, soundbite bullshit from the podcast man himself, which is hilarious for me to say as I sit here in front of a microphone and record a podcast about the NBA. But guess what? I'm not being paid millions of dollars to actually play basketball. Because if I was, I don't think I'd be sitting in front of this microphone. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. But I wouldn't have you know fully committed to the bit of, you know, I am a podcaster who plays in the NBA. For Draymond to be that guy, for Draymond to hold that status um, and just be like, oh, I was like, I was going to leave. Like, okay, dude, sure, you'd leave. Like, no one cares if you retire at this point. The only people that care are like Steve Kerr, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, who y'all have some weird fucking, like, love bond chemistry bullshit. Um so much so that, you know, the youth of your team has continued to struggle. Kaminga wants out. I don't know if Moody's happy. Um, you already forced out fucking Jordan Poole. You already forced out uh, that other one. Couldn't think of his name. Never do. Wiseman. Um, and Andrew Wiggins is just sitting there on the team like, I don't know who I am or what I do for this team. So, like, Golden State, you keep just leaning so heavily on Draymond and his existence and everything about him. And it's like, that's all fine and dandy. I get it. He puts asses in seats. He sells tickets. He's, he's a show. He's a spectacle. Um, But it's just, it speaks more to the fact that they cannot give up this old core or move on from what was, you know, you all sniffed at the, uh, the dynasty thing. And now you won't let it go. Uh, You know, you never hit Brady Belichick status. You never hit uh, Michael and Phil Jackson status. You know, you got four. Cool. Your core is aging out and everyone's getting sick of it. Um, and if you don't move on from it, I don't know how long. This is a little bit of a crazier take, but I don't know how long Steve Kerr's tenure lasts in Golden State. If all he's going to lean on is Clay, Dre, and Steph until they all age out and retire because you got to live you got to adapt the nba is a live moving you know organization you can't stay stagnant or you'll get left behind and so far post quote unquote the dynasty we haven't seen much and i know like they won two years ago crazy um but we're we are you have to look at the writing on the wall we are at the tail end of these guys playing careers uh i think Dre may have one more contract in him. Clay may have one more contract in him. Steph could probably play for another 10 years because he's Steph Curry. But besides that, you gotta live, you gotta adapt, you gotta figure it out. And I don't feel like Steve Kerr even cares to do that because of the 
blind loyalty he has to his core. But I digress. Um, another coach we can talk about, Mike Brown. Now, this is a coach who gets it, who does not give a fuck and has gone to bat for his team in one of the most applause-worthy ways. Mike Brown got ejected from the game uh, sometime last week. And, <coughs> excuse me, uh, ejected from the game for arguing with the ref on the call. He asked the ref to call it, you know, the same way for both teams is really all he said. He didn't say that they got the call wrong. He just said, well, if it's this way for my team and this way for their team, that's not calling the play the same way, which I agree with. The officiating, and let me put, let me preface this. Mike Brown was nothing but respectable, respectful, respectful to the officiating crew. He understands they are human beings. He understands that mistakes will be made, and he does not have a problem with that. Neither do I. That is part of the beauty of having human referees is that, you know, sometimes they get it wrong. But consistency, what I said last week and what Mike Brown said in his press conference, consistency is key if you are going to be calling NBA games. Don't say, and this is, I'm paraphrasing, but nearly quoting Mike Brown. Don't say that Demonis Sabonis cannot jump if his hands are straight up, he has to have his hands straight up. He can't put his arm down. But then call it a, a clean play when someone on the other team has their hand down and one hand up. And all these things, you know, just vice versa. Excuse me. Blocking fouls, push-off fouls, all this stuff. It seems to be called one way for certain people and one way for other people. And, you know... It needs to be addressed that the rule needs to be the rule consistently. Mike Brown's like, I can't coach if I talk to one referee and am told, all right, both hands have to be up or it's a foul. Then another referee is going to talk to me and say, okay, one hand can be up and one hand can be down, but as long as you stay in your column, you, it won't be a foul. It can't be that way. The referees can't individually have their own interpretations of the rules. I completely agree with Mike Brown here. I completely, mind you, Mike Brown did it in a pretty savage, pretty slick way. Brought out a laptop during the <laughs> uh, press conference and, you know, pointed it out. Said, hey, look at this. Drew some X's and O's, circles, points, you know, coached it up a little bit. But I love it because guess what? Even though he got fined $50,000, I'm talking about it. ESPN's talking about it. Bleacher Report's talking about it. What's going on with the NBA officiating? It's a problem this year. Tatum was ejected from the game that I was at last week for talking to the ref about a call that wasn't called and, and then talking to the ref a little bit more about it. Thrown the fuck out. Why? Because he can't because he can't have a conversation with the referee. But LeBron James can piss and moan and scream at the referee, and they go, "Yep, you're right, LeBron." Um, I don't know. It's consistency is the problem. You get certain referees who get too emotional and tee people up for God knows what reasons, um, and then you also have some referees who just don't consistently call the game the way it's supposed to be called, 
or they'll call something a foul in one game and then the next game call it a fucking clean play. And you can't players and coaches cannot survive in a league where the rules just seem to be constantly changing. You can't coach it. You can't teach it. Cause if I tell you one thing in practice and then you go and do that in the game and you get called for it, then next week we're going to go in and change it in practice. And then you go and play and then you get called for it again. Cause you changed it. And it's like, dude, it's not conducive to a good product. If the referees could not figure out what the fuck they're trying to call or what they're trying to say or how they're trying to call the game. It's, up, down, all around, just craziness. There's no consistency. There's I how many coaches have been fined this year? How many players have been fined this year for speaking out against officiating? Maybe let's pull those fines and take all that money that you've collected from talking about officiating and put it into teaching the refs how to fucking referee. How about that, Adam Silver? Or how about hiring better refs? Or how about putting everyone in one room and having them have the same lesson on the same rules. So everyone calls it the same way because you cannot play or coach in a league where if you're in one stadium, the rules are different in a different stadium, the rules are different. Or if you're playing at 7 PM versus 9 PM, or you have a matinee game or it's a weekday versus a week. Like I don't what makes it that the rules just change so arbitrarily in the middle of play? That's what we want to know, Adam. That's what everyone wants to know. I'm expecting my $25,000 fine NBA. I'm talking out against the officiating. Please don't give me that because it will economically ruin me. <laughs> to, to have to, I'm not a coach in the NBA or a player in the NBA. A $25,000 fine is the cost of a car. I don't want to sell my car to talk about the referees. I'll do it if I have to, but I don't want to. <laughs> um, but props to Mike Brown for speaking out. Props to all players and coaches who speak out. And I'm not talking about the guys who piss and moan and whine and complain. I'm talking about people who actually bring concrete evidence and arguments to the table, when in front of the media, and address the actual issues of what's going on with the referees. <sighs> all that in just this week and I haven't even gotten to like the craziest topic that I wanted to cover it is wild out here in the NBA in the year of 2024 uh, the Newport police have reported that they have no not come on corroboration uh dealing with the Josh Kitty case, which essentially means that nobody said shit, uh, which to me stinks of hush money or even worse, complacency, complacency uh, in the parents in this situation. But Josh Kitty, uh, allegedly, you still have to say that for some fucking reason, uh, had relations with a question of age we don't know like 16 plus or minus we don't know um but everything stinks of guilt now you have the police come no one talks to them you have the nba say that they're not going to do anything until the uh investigation is ended the investigation is now ended 
with no result. Not that he's guilty, not that he's innocent. There's no result because they have to close the case because no one wants to talk about it. Um, and now the NBA is conducting their investigation. And for me, the way the NBA has handled this so far and continues to and probably will in the next week or so conclude uh, is utter bullshit. Um, it, it makes no sense. Um, it really boils down to fucking privilege and bullshit like that, um, that a basketball player, that an athlete, that a wealthy man, that a white man, like you can check off all the boxes of why Josh Giddy's probably getting away with this. And it fits all of the bullshit uh, that we keep seeing in this country um, as to people getting away with heinous crimes. Um, it's not good for the sport. I alluded to it being like Carl Malone, um, not in the fact of, you know, the, the, the facts of the case or anything like that. Um, but just another quote unquote. And again, I'm only saying that because the police report says there's nothing without anyone speaking to them. So like that stinks of guilt to me, but no actual guilt has been assessed. So quote unquote with a heavy eye roll um, pedophile. The, it, why? Why? In this league, there's so many of these players, so many of these coaches, so much of the staff, so many of the fans have children of their own. And I don't understand the lack of outcry against Josh Giddy. Um, I know that I since it happened, since the news broke, have been very uh, inquisitive and very standoffish about Josh Giddy in general. You know, I don't want to cover Josh Giddy. I don't want to talk about Josh Giddy. I don't care if he has a good game because to me, he's soiled his tenure um, by being a fucking creep, by being a pedophile, by being someone who's had relations with an underage adult, uh, underage child, sorry. Um, an underage person. Um, it's obviously one of, it's going to go down as one of those things where the NBA has to make a judgment call. And because there is no criminal charge and no one wants to talk to anyone, he'll probably continue to play. He'll probably walk. And that's bullshit. Um, I don't, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how you do right. Um, in this situation, I don't know. I don't know anything about anything once this basically all came to light. Once it came to light, the doors were shut. Like, you know, we can't for some reason figure out the age of this specific person, this girl. Um, the parents won't talk. The family won't talk. Um, it should be easy in the day and age of social media to actually find out someone's age. But, you know, they're. It, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how this can't be figured out uh, one way or the other. And because it quote unquote can't be figured out, it just leans more and more on guilt. It looks more and more like, how are we going to cover this up? How are we going to hide it? How are we going to get rid of it? Kind of thing. Um, I'm not just going to move on and forget, um, you know, until there is damning evidence to clear his name. Josh Giddey's a pedophile in my book. Josh Giddey's a bad dude. Josh Giddey's 
a fucked up person. Um, and you can, you know, agree with me or disagree with me. I'm not going to entertain any conversation about it. Um, it's my opinion. Uh, and you can have whatever opinion you want. And that is what it is. But I will not be engaging in back and forth or debate about the situation. Um, and that's just my prerogative. I don't feel like this is an issue that should be argued. Um, you know, I stand against pedophiles. If you want to argue with me, then you kind of seem like you stand with pedophiles. So let's look in the mirror, friends. Um, but yeah, um, all around weird situation, all around fucked up way of it being handled. Uh, you know, you, you, you'd hope that the league would do right and the league would figure it out and the league would have suspended him or the league would have, you know, uh, let things figure themselves out, especially since we all knew this was going to be the result. So why not just suspend Josh Giddy until the police investigation was over and we knew that the police were going to get nothing from anyone to corroborate. I keep fucking up that word. Cooperate. Also corroborate. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's... Uh, I, we'll see what the NBA and Adam Silver has to say about it. Uh, I, it's Like I said, probably going to go down like a Carl Malone situation where uh, there is only circumstantial evidence or there is only uh, hearsay. He said, she said, rumor mill, blah, 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 blah. So therefore, we cannot indict this player on these charges, blah, 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 blah. They will continue to play, blah, blah, blah. Like, fuck, man. I thought we were past this shit. I thought we were growing as a country, as a as a league, as people. And y'all, <laughs> y'all just keep failing me every left and right. But whatever. What the fuck ever. Um, karma's a bitch. And it comes around in ways that none of us expect it. And that's all I'm going to keep in the back of my mind and hope for is that somehow, some way, the karmic retribu retribution words today are not the easiest. The karmic retribution retribution i did it again uh for josh giddy better be swift and heavy um but yeah i'll leave it at that with the josh giddy shit until more comes out until more is said again i'm holding the line that he's a pedophile and a shitty dude and a weirdo um and i'm not debating it i'm gonna hit that point again i'm not gonna argue it i'm not gonna be like here's why i think this here's why you can argue against me that's my line. And like I said, if he if he is proven innocent, if whatever, I'll put my hand up and be the first one to be like, wow, I was wrong. My bad. But I'm not going to backtrack saying he's not a pedophile when he turns out to be a pedophile. That ain't me. Um, so whatever. Be mad at me that I say, fuck Josh Giddy. He's a pedophile. You can be mad at me. But it's my line. It's my opinion. And I got the mic. So, <laughs> <coughs> anyway, um, I know we spoke about it being halfway through the season, and that is huge. Um, do we want to go into the NBA standings? Do we want to talk about the Celtics? Like, let's get into the Celtics real, real quick. We had three games this week. 
Um, we played against the Raptors on Monday, held them to under 100 points, beat them 105 to 96. Uh, Siakam was there, no longer there. Uh, you know, run of the mill, beat up on the Raptors game. <laughs> Not much to talk about there. Uh, that was an away game, so it didn't affect our homestand. Uh, the next game we played was at home Wednesday against the Spurs. Uh, Wembenyama is crazy good to watch him, to watch how he plays. Um, it, it, it breaks my mind because I'm used to someone who's seven, four being like a Shaq or a Yao and not being this three point shooting Kobe leaner fadeaway hitting. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we did hold them to under 100 and beat them 117 to 98, moving our home record to 20 and 0, which is the best in franchise history. But <laughs> on Friday, last night for me, two nights ago for you guys, uh, we played the former champions, the Nuggets. I know that Larry posted a picture of the Nuggets being kittens. Uh, Larry, we should probably pull that down, <laughs> but we're not going to. But uh, Nuggets beat us last night, serving us our first loss at home. We are now 20-1 and one in the Garden. And what what can I say? We lost 102-100. to 100. Uh, it was a back and forth game. I think our biggest lead was 12. I think their biggest lead was nine, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. I don't know. Um, but a close game. Um, Joker is insane. Jamal Murray went bananas. Uh, KP was balling out. Uh, D white is D white. I mean, like everyone had a good game. I'm not going to like say like this was a bad game. It was a very, very, very good game. Um, except for Aaron Gordon, who only had two points. Um, but you know, everyone was in double digits. Tatum 22, JB 13, Kristaps 21, D white 24. Like it was a good game. I can't be mad at it. We lost to the former champions. We lost by two to the former champions. We had two opportunities for the final play. And it fizzled out. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're not going to win every game. Um, do I see this as a finals matchup in the future? That would be sick. I think in a seven-game series, we could definitely edge it out. But so could they. Um, I think that both these teams are very much structured to be a deep push in the playoff team. And I'm excited for it. I like really have no negative notes um, at all. It was a good game. The refs didn't fuck it up. Honestly, the refs in that game were great. They let people body people. They were allowing some things that I haven't seen allowed in basketball in a long time. But that's what you do when you have two powerhouse teams with two of their better players on each team being big men. Um, yeah, like I, I ain't mad at it. Let the boys play. Let them, let them bump and grind in the paint. That is fine. Um, call more games like that, please. Bring it back. Uh, but that moves us to 32 and 10 on the season, uh, 42 games in 20 and one at home. 
which leaves us on the table to still tie the record because the best record at home is 40 and one. So we just have to win another 20 in a row. Honestly, we can do that. We just did it. Um, but we'll see. <coughs> and get me, don't get me wrong. Records are cool, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, I want a ring. I want the banner. I want the Larry O'Brien. I don't give a fuck about regular season records. Um, I just don't. And maybe that's because I haven't seen a championship since 2008. Maybe that's why. Um, but who cares? Win, lose, draw. I know there's no draws, but you know what I mean. Whatever the result, get us to the playoffs, get us to the championship, and win the goddamn thing. Everything else, personal awards, all-star votes, uh, everything else is just icing on the cake. Uh, but the banner, I want the cake. Give me the banner. <laughs> I don't need icing necessarily. Sometimes cake's good without icing. Uh, but looking forward to the future. Sunday, tomorrow, the day that it drops, this drops, the podcast drops for you guys. So today for you, uh, Rocket Celtics in Houston. Uh, play email again. Beat up on them when I was there a week ago. Gonna beat up on them again. I ain't worried about it. Uh, then we go cross town to Dallas, play the Mavericks on Monday, uh, get to reunite with Grant, yippee, get to reunite with Kyrie, yippee, um, the Mavs are a good team, I'm not gonna say they're a bad team, I'm not gonna say they're a great team, though, it's like, let's call it what it is, they're a six seed, we're a one seed, like, we should beat them, we should beat them. Um, then in Miami on Thursday, we all know how I feel about the Miami skeet and how much I hate them and how much my brother loves them and how much they are a thorn in my side. They're also a six seed. So if I can say that we are going to beat the maps, then we can beat the heat. And then Saturday next week, we are finally back home to restart our homestand to protect the garden once again against the LA Clippers. And if you don't recall from earlier, I'll say it again. It's fuck LA every day in this house. Um, the Clippers are a four C the Clippers are doing well as of late. Um, I do think it'll be a fun game, but if I have to be realistic and I don't want to say four and Oh, I probably say three and one in this next week. We're going to lose a game just off of gut feel. I'm thinking it's either against the Mavericks or the Heat. And I will chalk it up as a loss to the Mavs in a close game. Because uh, it's the, the second game in a back-to-back. So that's my opinion. We'll go 3-1 and one next week with a loss to the Mavericks. We will beat the Rockets. We will beat the Heat. We will beat the Clippers. Um, as for where we are in the season, I'll just do a quick rundown of where everyone is and who they are, uh, in the East. The one seed is the Boston Celtics at 32 and 10. We are 3.5 games ahead of the second place bucks who are 28 and 13 third place is the Sixers 
at 27 and 13. Uh, fourth place, the Cavaliers, who have been sneaky and quiet all season. I just want to say that is that we haven't heard much of anything about or from the Cavaliers, and yet they're sitting here at 24 and 15, cruising, cruising along, no trades, no nonsense, just winning games. So good for them. Uh, the Knicks at five, 25 and 17, the Heat at six, 24 and 18. The Pacers at 7, 24 and 18. The Magic have finally cooled off and fallen back where they belong to the 8 seed at 22 and 20. The 9 seed is the Bulls at 20 and 23. And the 10th seed is the Hawks at 18 and 23. Uh, so two teams in the playoff picture under 500. Gross. Never love to see that. But the two teams that is, the Bulls and the Hawks, almost perfectly fit that mold. So... Can't complain too much. Uh, over in the West, the Timberwolves are atop at 30 and 11. Uh, two games ahead of second place, the Thunder, 28 and 13. Uh, third place, the Nuggets, 29 and 14. Fuck LA, the Clippers are four seed at 26 and 14. The Pelicans at 5, 25 and 18. The Mavericks at 6, 24 and 18. The Kings at 7. 23 and 18. Holy shit. Five through eight all have 18 losses and just a different number of wins, meaning they have played different numbers of games, which means five through eight can all shuffle within this week. That's kind of cool. I love seeing that kind of situation. So uh, let's do that again. Five is the Pelicans, 25 and 18. Six, the Mavericks, 24 and 18. Seven, the Kings, 23 and 18. Eight, the Suns, 23 and 18. Nine, the Jazz, 22 and 21. And 10, the Lakers, who are 21 and 22. Um, I do want to bring up, because as of the last time, uh, they did win a couple games. Son of a bitch. Um, before this week started. Yeah, because they have two wins this week. Before this week started, as of Saturday, January 13th, the Lakers... And the Pistons had the same win per, uh, number of wins since the in-season tournament, which was two. Um, the Lakers have now grown that to four um, in the last, what, two two months? The Lakers suck, dude. <laughs> like, I don't even have to say fuck LA about the Lakers. Like, they just suck on their own. Um, yeah. They 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 won their their Mickey Mouse ring. They got to hang their fake banner, <laughs> and they have been sucking since. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about the Lakers, man. <laughs> Abysmal. Um, but <coughs> as we look at the standings, the playing teams. I mean, the Jazz surprised me. I expected them to be you know tanking and going for nothing, but. You know, with how bad some of these teams are. I mean, you got the Spurs at seven and thirty-four, the Trailblazers who are expected to be bad at twelve and twenty-nine, the Grizzlies who can't get out of their own way at fifteen and twenty-six, the Warriors who, again, they can't can't learn to grow and just stick with the same old, same old. Are eighteen and twenty-two at twelfth seed. Uh, the bad teams in the East are the teams you expected to be bad in the East. You got 16 and 26 Raptors. You got 930 Charlotte Hornets, 7 and 33 Wizards, 
four and 37 Pistons. Like the bottom of the league is the bottom of the league. Like how many teams? One, two, three. Let's see. Four. There are four teams who have not hit double digit wins and we are 40, 40 to 43 games into the season for everybody. That's sad. <laughs> like, that is not good. You are not even batting 25% some of these teams. Um, do I love the Celtics being at number one? Yes. Do I need them there? No, but let's hold it. We have a three and a half game lead. Um, right now, if it were the playoffs, if the seeding were to stay the same after the play-in, saying that the Bulls and the Hawks fell out, and seven and eight stayed. The Celtics would be playing the Magic in the first games uh, in the first uh, series. I would hate that. Uh, we need to get someone else as the eight seed. <laughs> um, and as for our Western competitor, there are three clear teams that stand out to me as possible finals candidates, and it's the Timberwolves, the Thunder. And the Nuggets, and they are one, two, and three. And I'm not saying that because they're one, two, and three. I'm saying it because the games that I have watched the Celtics play against these three teams have all felt like playoff games in the regular season, have all gone to overtime or been a two point game or have had just giant runs back and forth from each team. I have enjoyed thoroughly the two games that we played against the Timberwolves. I enjoyed the game last night, even though we lost to the Nuggets. The game against the Thunder. Josh Giddy went off, so like that was fucking annoying. But besides that, great fucking game. Um, I would be happy with any of that. Uh, you know, the Clippers are sneaking up. The Pelicans are sneaking up. But I don't think that they have the gall the wherewithal to make it all the way to the top of you know the west does anyone in the east scare me no the bucks are bitches 76ers are our children the cavaliers are too quiet to scare me the knicks are the knicks okay i got a confession to make two teams six seed heat and eight seed magic just because of the <sighs> recent history of these guys going to fucking war against us. But besides that, my fears are all in the West. My fears are all of the teams that could contend against us for the banner, for the trophy. Um, But yeah, I mean, that was my mid-season check-in on everything. Uh, you got questions? You got something you want me to talk about? Shoot it onto the Twitter space. Uh Either DM me, reply to something I post, reply to something that Larry posts for cross-court coverage, uh, DM cross-court coverage, whatever. I got time and topics to cover. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just looking over my list, looking over my list, looking over my list, and I think I checked off every box that I wanted to talk about this week. Um. As you can tell, I was going to say see, but only I can see me because I'm recording it. Um, I'm rolling solo dolo right now. Still rolling solo dolo. Uh, I know I alluded to a possibility of a co-host this week. We shall see is what I'm going to leave it at. We are 
in conversations and working things out and discussing things with a possible candidate. But the news has to come to you guys. I'm not going to leave you hanging. So if I got to record by myself, I'll do it for you, for the listeners, because this is the content that needs to keep getting pumped out. Um, with that being said, I have said everything that I need to say at the midway point of this NBA season. Uh, there is so much ball left, and at the same time, so little ball left. So much has happened this year. But again, we're just getting started. The Celtics are 32-10, and 20-1 and one at home. I am Marty the Meat Man. We are cross-court coverage. And as always, friends, family, listeners, it is Go Celtics or Go Fuck Yourself. Peace.